0: Rod and chisel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So are we are we on page now?
1: Oh, yeah, right. Right. Okay. Uh, little, I see a little face. Um, uh, fantastic. Face All right. Well, here we
0: are then. Yeah. This is welcome to a casual and informal riddles in the dark episode as we're trying to get ourselves sorted <laughs> out here. Uh, this is today we have uh, welcome i 'm Cory Olsen, the Tolkien Professor, and uh, we are here doing attempting a, a, a never before attempted thing, uh, which is a live panel discussion uh, with as many of our riddles in the dark analysts as we could get so we have people from uh, several different continents uh, all gathered here live uh, together today so i 'm going to let uh, i 'm going to let Dave uh, give you a little uh, preview here a little uh, introduction to everybody.
1: Yes. All right. So welcome to this very special Hobbit Day uh, edition of Riddles in the Dark. And, you know, we want to just start by by wishing everyone a happy Hobbit Day and wishing happy birthday to Bilbo and Frodo. This is um, such an exciting day and we're really Excited to be a part of uh, this special uh, all-day broadcast that Middle Earth Network is doing. Thank you very much, guys. Um, uh, if you are somehow listening to this but you're not on the page, go to hobbitday.com, and you can join in the fun. Um, it's it's well, Obviously, we're the most exciting part of it, but there's lots of other things going on too, so, um, uh, so you, you want to go join in there. Um, so uh, for riddles in the dark, uh, we are doing a really special thing today. In addition to the usual suspects, um, uh, uh, me, Dave Kale, um, and also Professor Olson. Uh, how's it going, Corey? And um, and then our uh, sort of our our taskmaster, Trish Lambert. Hi, Trish. Um, We're also joined by a number of our panelists who are participating in our prediction game. And we're going to just have a nice roundtable discussion about uh, The Hobbit and and The Hobbit film. And I think we're actually going to, unsurprisingly, focus a lot of our attention on on, um, the biggest development this week, which is the trailer. So, uh, let me introduce who is here with us. Uh, And if for some reason I happen to leave somebody out, please, please... um, punish me and, and let me know. But I want to start by introducing Merrick from A Casual Stroll to Mordor. Merrick, how's it going, man? It's
2: going very well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: appreciate it. Absolutely, dude. So Casual Stroll to Mordor is the largest um, uh, Lord of the Rings online website, blog, podcast. Uh, so we're really excited to have him here. We also have uh, Arwin from Middle Earth News and also from the Warriors of the Westfold podcast. Arwin, how are you?
3: I'm doing great. Glad to be here.
1: Yes, and it's wonderful to hear the sound of your lovely voice. Uh, It's been a while (laughs) since we talked. I know. (laughs) Yep. Um, Next, I want to introduce Hannah Harlow from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. She has been um, sort of the steward that has uh, um, um, ushered Corey through the whole book publication process. And, of course, that's one of the big announcements and developments for this week. Corey's book is finally out. So welcome, Hannah. How are you?
4: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yes, we're really excited to have you, and I'm 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 excited to finally uh, have a chance to actually talk to you. So, um, uh, next, I want to introduce uh, Megan Engel from The Last Alliance, the University of Alberta Tolkien Society. Um, uh, we we weren't sure whether you were going to make it, and we're really glad that you've managed to join us. And I and it sounds like you also have some compatriots with you too. So please, uh, Megan, uh, welcome, and tell me uh, who else we've got with us.
5: Yes, thank you so much, Dave. I have my vice president, Mitch Liddell, here. Hello. As well as our faculty advisor, Rick Van Manen. And we are all very excited because we just noticed that in the back of of Corey's room, he has the exact same map that's hanging on the wall in the office we're in right now. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's awesome.
1: Wow, nerds. Um, (laughs) And... (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, because I have that map as well. <laughs> not, not in this room right now, but I do have it. Um, and then, uh, um, unless I'm much mistaken, my, my final panelist that I need to introduce is Emil Johansson, who is the proprietor of the super awesome website uh, Lord of the Rings Project, or LOTR Project. The website uh, is lotrproject.com. I definitely suggest you guys – oh, and, of course, Sean Gunner. Yes, thank you, Sean. See, uh, I'm glad you reminded me. Um, uh, 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 welcome, Emil.
2: Hello. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. I'm so glad to be sure here. Sure thing. Sure thing.
1: Okay, and last but not least – you is joining <laughs> us from Sweden, right?
2: Oh, yes, Sweden. Yes.
1: Yeah, our our last two guests are, are like are really dedicated. They're joining us from from across the pond uh, and in like vastly different time zones, giving up their evenings to join us. So, so okay. Finally, um, Sean Gunner from the Tolkien Society. He's joining us from, from the UK, right, Sean? That's
6: right. Yes, I'm coming live from the Tolkien Society's Oxenmoot event in Oxford. Um, we're having a break. I was going to say, you know, just
7: from you, just you're fresh from the Oxenmoot, right, Sean?
6: Whoa, whoa whoa, I'm not really fresh, I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Doesn't get fresher than that, I guess. Yeah, really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's still it's still ripening in fact.
6: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so once once I finish this we're going off to have a uh, the, the costume masquerade and uh, experience a bit of singing and some poetry, so it should be good good fun. <laughs>
1: Excellent. Wow. Are are you wearing a costume?
6: Sadly not. <laughs> I say sadly with a, with a big hint of sarcasm. I'm not, much, I'm, not, I'm not one for costumes, I have to admit. Well, Sean, I have
0: to say that it's probably sad for everyone else, though. I'm sure they're I in costume. You know, you can get the big Bjorn costume out or something. I mean, you know, a bear suit wouldn't be that much to ask, would it? i,
6: I, t- I, t- I tell you what, Corey. When you, when you dress up, I'll do the same. <laughs>
0: Fair enough, fair enough,
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, on that note, <laughs> so um, so just brief ground rules um, we're going to run this like a panel, so we're going to kind of pose a question and then run down the panel um, we're not going to completely discourage you from from jumping in, talking over each other. We want it to be as natural as possible. Um, so, so for example, we, we kind of eschewed trying to force you to use the little hand-raising functionality and go to meeting because we don't want it to be that artificial. Just, uh, you know, be be um, uh, uh, as polite as possible but also uh, natural. Um, and uh, it's going to be chaotic because we've got, like, a crap load of people on here, but I think <laughs> it's going to be super fun. <laughs>
7: That was real scientific.
1: <laughs>
8: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> so, um, the first thing we would like to do uh, is just is just pose the question: What did you guys think of the new trailer? And uh, maybe give us one thing that really jumped out about it to you. Um, and let's start with uh, Arwin.
3: Ooh, I'm first. I feel nervous now. <laughs> Um, no, I actually really loved it. The first thing that really popped out to me was it felt very light and funny. Kind of reminded me of the book, uh, not dark like Lord of the Rings. So I was really happy to see those characteristics in the uh, the trailer, and just you know, just a lot of kind of silly stuff uh, centered around Bilbo. And about how uncomfortable he is at the fact that he has to do all this stuff, and <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed it. I had an overall, I was very, very excited about it.
1: Awesome. Um, and uh, how about uh, next? Let's hear from uh, Emil.
2: Oh yes. Well, uh, I enjoyed the trailer as well, uh, a lot actually. Uh, but there were a few things that jumped out to me, uh, and especially the trolls which I had been thinking about recently, and uh, the fact that there was no purse, and they didn't have clothes.
0: Yes, yeah, yes, I, I I was true. thinking of the same thing too when people were because people were asking about the purse afterwards and I kept telling them what I've been telling them for months give up on the purse it's not going to happen. Um but uh but yeah the, that that seemed fairly clear because the fact that they don't even have pockets to pick it's it's looking bleak on the purse front. I got to tell you. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, <yeah>, sorry. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I think my my dire predictions about the total lack of talking purse um, seem to be being borne out there in that trailer.
1: Yes, and and I noticed you were tweeting extensively about the the
2: trolls this week, uh, Emil. Yes, yes, definitely, and uh, because I kind of had been wondering about it for quite some time, but. Right. Uh, I, I was generally very relieved when I saw the trailer because it has, as previously mentioned, this humorous undertone which uh, is similar to the book.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so uh, how about you, Hannah?
4: Uh, I also really like the trailer. Um, and this isn't really anything new, but my favorite part was seeing Gollum. Um, I really loved in Lord of the Rings how they handled Gollum's you know, dual personalities, and I thought. <coughs> But seeing him in the trailer just made me really happy. I love the way they handled him.
1: Yeah. Um are are you in the camp of people that think he seemed somehow like cuter, more benign?
4: Um, he seemed a little perkier, you know. He, he they give him a little bit of um innocence, I think, to to make him uh a more sympathetic character. And You know, you have that in like the big eyes, and and you know, he has a little cuteness. I guess, I guess I'd put myself in that camp.
7: Corey, are you schooling your face? I mean, I saw an eyebrow kind of rise slightly. <laughs> no,
0: I, I, I was thinking. You know, I, I definitely thought he was he was cuter. What I can't decide is how much of that is just familiarity I mean my first reaction when I saw the two towers was not oh he's so adorable um and maybe now because I am familiar with him from the films and so seeing the same character again in a different context you know maybe maybe you know like I overlook the ways in which he is still fairly funny looking um but I did think he was he was like my primary reaction to Gollum in the trailer was he is just adorable I mean he just looks cuddly. I mean, uh, you know, he has this, you know, these sweet blue eyes and his complexion looks smoother too, I thought. I mean, it just, and again, some of that is going to be, you know, CG enhancements, you know, over the last 10 years, uh, no doubt, but, but, you know, the fact that they're enhancements doesn't explain it, it's still a conscious choice. I mean, they could ha- they could be using the CG enhancements, you know, to make him rougher and scragglier and, and and more funny looking, but they don't seem to be going in that direction. So, yeah, the the, the increased cuteness of Gollum, I thought, was uh, was potentially an issue. I mean, it, that seemed to sort of suggest that, um, I mean, if that really is a conscious choice, which it looked like to me, um that seems to 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 answer the question or or suggest an answer to the question about the direction they're going to be pushing Gollum's character in this film.
7: Well, I got to tell you I am I'm, I'm not skeptical's probably not the word, but I'm holding out and actually Daniel Helen in the in the chat room just mentioned this. Let's remember that at this point when he's talking and he can afford to be adorable because first of all he's going to win either way in his mind. He knows he's got the ring stashed, right? So whether he wins the riddle game or not, he's going to eat the hobbit hole. So he can be a ad- Adorable and cute, and because he, you know, knows I am waiting to see what happens when he finds his ring is gone. I think he's going to turn pretty nasty.
9: Yeah. I don't know. It seems like the whole situation was made a little bit lighter. I mean, at the end of that scene, it it ends with a joke. I mean, it ends with you know, it doesn't end with this. Oh, I'm really afraid that this creature is going to eat me or that I'm in mortal peril. You know, Bilbo just goes. Yeah, okay. I mean, and that's a classic. It's a classic just return to uh, comedy. So I, I agree. It, it seems to be lighter, and I think – and I agree. I have the same impression, is that here's Gollum. He's not the twisted hatred. You know, he's not being uh, – he's he's not being stinker. He's not being – any. he's just – he's being a character. It's almost like R2-D2-ish, where they brought him back just to <laughs> – you know, I mean, they ha- he's in the story, so they had to bring him back. But it, it, they didn't make him this character that was fearsome or loathsome. They just made him this character that's there almost for comic reliefs, uh, in, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, he, he was definitely not the menacing. And I was a little disappointed that he wasn't this menacing creature uh, who, and I, I even think it would have been made more dynamic if he was, because that would just, uh, you know, This is the start of his evolution, but I kind of think that the movie made it, this is, remember, this guy is lovable, you kind of care for him, and, you know, sure, he's a little bit bad, but he's also funny.
10: I think that's a really good point, because um, in the book at least, Gollum is always very uh, scary and menacing, and it's the moment when Bilbo should kill him and he doesn't that is really a transformative moment for Bilbo, and if he's already cute and kind of lovable beforehand, it really takes away from that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really big deal because I mean it's it's if you take the whole thing that is the you know, the whole Gollum career from the beginning of the Riddles in the Dark, you know, through the through the cracks of doom, it really is later on that um that he is you know we, we see the changes, we see the shifts, and you're right. He is primarily just an antagonist. And it's, and it's one of the things that makes it such a big deal that Bilbo does choose to have pity on him. He has lots of reasons not to. His, his reasons to just, like, kill this strange, dark, slimy, monstrous creature in front of him far outweigh his, his, uh, his reasons to take pity on him. The kind of empathy that he shows for Gollum is a real leap which of course is then physicalized in his leap over gollum but uh, but but i mean it's 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 kind of out of well not exactly out of left field but it's 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 a huge jump whereas by the time you know frodo's relationship with gollum and even sam's is very different because they see him and they see him being pitiable they see how miserable he is how tortured he is um, you know, leading up, of course, to that 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 wonderful and horrible moment on the stairs of Kirith Ungol when you know he is almost turning back, and then you know tragically ruined by Sam waking up cranky. So um, I, I, I agree that, but but see, that's that's the tricky thing. Since they have the Lord of the Rings stuff already, they do seem to be kind of bringing, importing this stuff. You know, wanting us to be thinking about Gollum like we were thinking about him you know, halfway through the Two Towers film, for instance, or, um, you know, and that's, that's tough. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, having him be, be, be cute and cuddly at the beginning to make Gollum, I mean, imagine, it, they, they, could, they could seriously make Bilbo's decision look almost the other way, like having pity is the no-brainer, um, and killing him would be monstrous, whereas it's really the opposite in the book. It
1: seems like it seems like if 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 you're right, Corey, um, and what they're trying to do is kind of take advantage of the fact that people have already seen the Lord of the Rings films. It seems like probably the most effective strategy there would be to would be to kind of uh, um, would be to have the character as he is initially portrayed sort of betray our expectations, and our expectations would be that he's evil. And that he's treacherous and that he's um, uh, not trustworthy because that's ultimately what his, the character that we saw in the Lord of the Rings films. So it seems like if they wanted to kind of try and introduce some uncertainty and some some suspense, um, then then what the, maybe the way to do that is to have him see seem benign uh, initially, and that and that there's a turn maybe right around the time he discovers his rings missing or something. Anyway, um let's uh let's keep going um, uh down I I'm I'm really excited that uh that we sparked some converts some back and forth conversation there and it went really smoothly despite how many people <laughs> that's good. On here. So that's good. So let's let's keep it up but let's uh let's keep going down the 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 panel so everybody has a chance to to give us their one thing. Um, next let's hear from uh Merrick from Casual Stroll.
9: I'm sorry, I may have had audio issues when you talked about the one thing. What is the one thing that you'd like Oh,
1: just Oh, to, what yeah. would we, basically just about anything trailer, about yeah. the trailer that jumped out at you. Um, was there, you know, like, your your general thoughts, but also, like, was there one specific scene or character or something like that that, that really kind of struck you?
9: Yeah, um, the brief thing that we saw of Radagast the Brown really kind of struck out at me. Um, <clears throat> uh, I I couldn't help but think that, I mean it's not like I know the guy, but it, that didn't look like Radagast the Brown <laughs> to me. And it, <laughs> It also, it also kind of, it's like this. Hello, we're you know we're walking into, and I, I'm trying to remember how you, uh, Dr. Olson, how you kind of mentioned uh, this before was um, how Peter. This is an interpretation of Tolkien's world, and, uh, especially with the Lord of the Rings. When you referred to that, um, and this is you know it is an interpretation, but it, to me it was just like here's Radag- here's a brief thing of Radagast the Brown and. I just couldn't, it just kind of made me go, oh, inside. I mean, the, don't get me wrong. The trailer left me going, this is going to be a great movie. I, I I, can't wait to see it. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, seeing Radagast and I, in the brief moment I saw him, he kind of looked cartoonish. He kind of looked, you know, had this bulbous nose. And uh, I just kind of rolled my eyes thinking, you know, is that I, I hope that this is not a scene that I hope that I'm sitting there going, "Wow, I can't wait for this to move on, so we can get to the Hobbit again."
0: <laughs> so we can get to the Hobbit again. Yeah, that that is going to be um, a challenge, I think. With because I mean, you know, I I've said lots of times, I think there's lots of justification for them to be um, you know bringing in these you know this 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 outside stuff, it makes perfect sense, but you're right that a serious challenge on their part is going to be, like, how much of the scenes going to be showing? You know, how much are we going to be really conscious of, you know, and now we move away from the book, and, and, and now we're back in the book again. Um, how well integrated are they going to really be able to make those? Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it, is that going to feel organic? I think that there's a, there's a real question of that.
7: Well, and and we'll have you know, hedgehog acupressure. So that'll be
0: interesting. <laughs> it was really cute with the hedgehog, though. I mean,
7: <laughs> it was. It was. That was
0: twice as cute as Gollum, even. That's I mean, <laughs> the, the hedgehog, man. Yeah. Um, though I, I, I still hope that we see that hedgehog waiter at the Battle of Dol Guldur. I still hold to that. I think I want to see that. That I want to see now. I want to see that particular hedgehog.
10: Hedgehog. In our- uh,
0: Playing, yeah, playing some kind of crucial role in, you know, defeating some orc captain or something. Uh, I am now, I am now, I, I now feel emotionally attached to that hedgehog, uh, and I want to see it make good in the movie. So I, that's
1: <laughs> um, okay. So uh, how about um, uh, uh, the, our Last Alliance folks? What do you guys? Uh, what jumped out of you guys about the trailer?
5: Okay, well, I'll go first. I actually really liked the score that I heard, because it was completely original, from what I could tell. At the end of the first trailer, I believe they end with the the theme of The Ring, from, from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, so they reuse that theme at the end of the first trailer, which is okay, but I was hoping for some new, completely new material, new thematic material, and... In this trailer, it seemed like there was completely new thematic material in the score, and it, it was epic, and it was sweeping, and it was melodically beautiful, so I was really pleased with that, and I'm really excited to see what else is in store for us, in terms of the the music. So, um, I will turn it over to Mitch now, to see what yeah, th- he likes.
10: So I know there are three of us, so we'll be fast, but uh, one thing I, I was just so surprised to see, and I exclaimed when I saw them, was uh, the stone giants, when they were going through the... Uh, the through the uh, the passes. I thought they were just rocks following and that falling and it kinda looked kinda like a humanoid form and I was I was blown away. I was awesome. I didn't really expect to see them.
5: Yeah. And so Rick will tell us also what he liked.
8: Uh well I did like the Gollum scene, although all your points about Gollum and were, were right on. One thing that concerned me was Galadriel's asking Gandalf why he chose Bilbo and Gandalf's answer that Bilbo gives him courage. That seems like a bit of a departure to me. <laughs> As I recall from the book, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: you see the whites of my eyes on that one. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, I mean, and uh, that was th- that was my number one thing. Actually, was that line by Gandalf I found really striking. Um, and you know, it's not that I find it totally inappropriate, but it's remarkable. I mean, it certainly is remarkable that. You know, Gandalf says that he... I'm not even sure what he means by it, that it gives him courage. Um, I mean, the fact that Gandalf is going to be, you know, in doubt and sort of tormented, well, I mean, we could have guessed that. They made him tormented even in The Lord of the Rings. So certainly, I mean, you know, if there was one thing that was consistent, uh, you know, in Peter Jackson's decisions in The Lord of the Rings about what he did with characters, it was to make them more uncertain... Yeah, tor- torment. <laughs> yes, torment was the primary theme. But no, yeah, that you know that they were all they were all divided. You know, Aragorn and, and even Gandalf and everybody. You know, they're doubting themselves and everything else. So you know, there's 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 no shock at all to seeing the uh, you know that that Gandalf would kind of go in that direction. But um, I did find it very striking that he would say that about like, what it what it implies and I'm not even quite sure yet fully what it does imply um, but sort of the the, the the vistas that it opens out onto Gandalf's understanding of his relationship with Bilbo was really interesting
1: um, I I personally my thing about that scene is I'm really really tired of, of uh, Peter Jackson's condescending elves man like mm-hmm we got we got we were treated to three movies of that with Lord of the Rings of Elrond being condescending toward Aragorn and men in general and now we're getting um uh Galadriel being condescending toward uh uh toward uh, Bilbo. I don't know what the, what is the deal Elrond with the condescending elves.
0: See, it's an issue because it's one of the th- I mean one of the things that theoretically you would want to establish is how high the elves are right i mean you want them to be perceived as greater uh than humans in some ways um and certainly it is one option to make them looking down on people <laughs> so um uh so that i mean that emphasizes that they're higher or at least that they think they are but certainly there are downsides to that particular move um and i agree certainly elrond at least had he he had Kind of the corner of the on the market on the elven grumpiness thing in the Lord of the Rings films, I mean he was really the icon of that kind of you know not exactly stuck up but certainly grumpy um, uh, elves if they' if going to go that way too, and i 'm not quite sure by the way that I necessarily agree with that i didn 't read her question as i, I, I didn 't really hear that as um, fully condescending. Um, Curious, I guess. I mean, certainly in the way that she alluded to him to Bilbo, um, was a little bit condescending. But but I, I didn't see, I didn't see it nearly as much as with as with Elrond.
10: But it is it is a confusing choice. It's not something that uh, even Gandalf fully understands why he could choose him. So it's not. I I think it's certainly worth a question on, on Galadriel's part.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's why that didn't—that's why her question, I think, didn't uh, really jump out at me for that reason, because it is a very natural question, um, and you can see even with the kind of relationship that they seem to be suggesting. Brace yourself, Trish. The kind of relationship that they seem to be uh, suggesting between Gandalf and Galandriel, that could that clearly Galadriel is the one who seems to be Gandalf's closest confidant. I mean, if there's anybody who's really in Gandalf's confidence and that he can be open with, it would appear to be uh, Galadriel. So it wouldn't be shocking, um, from what we've seen, to see the two of them have that, so uh, anyway, what the heck were you thinking about this half, this this halfling guy? Um, and have Gandalf give you know an honest answer that he doesn't give to anybody else, or maybe even fully understand himself. Um, in the books, actually, that's Elrond who's in that role. I mean, we see several, um, especially I'm thinking here of the, not in The Hobbit itself, I mean, we do see them interacting in The Hobbit, but um, I'm thinking in particular of the conversations that we get between Elrond and Gandalf in uh, Of the Rings of Power in the Third Age at the end of the Silmarillion, for instance. It's Elrond that we see Gandalf, you know, when he goes and discovers that the Necromancer is really Sauron. It's to Elrond, not to Galadriel, that we get that scene of him coming back and saying to Elrond, yeah, yeah, it's, it's him all right, um, and the two of them sort of sharing their fears and talking about their speculations and things. Elrond and Gandalf seem to have a much more formal and much more stiff relationship, certainly in the Lord of the Rings films, and the implication seems to be, based on what we've seen, that that extends there. So that more personal-friendly relationship uh, seems to be between Gandalf and Galadriel, which it, it, it makes sense, but that, that does seem to be a bit of a departure in that way.
7: Well, and I, I guess, you know, within if we just think about the Hobbit itself, Gandalf's answer should have probably been something like, because the dragon won't be able to smell him. Right. I mean, that's really the role that Bilbo's playing, as this burglar in the Hobbit. So, I mean, even Galadriel's question is a little odd. I mean, the question about Frodo being the ring-bearer in Lord of the Rings makes sense, but why would she be so concerned about Bilbo with the dragon, although there may be some element of the story that Jax is developing we don't know about yet?
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, I think that – Well, one thing I would follow that up – with again those again I would emphasize sort of the personal nature of that I mean Gandalf could have answered strategically and I'm assuming no I'm I'm not assuming we got already some of that uh, in the trailer Um, that is the strategizing that we see Gandalf doing overtly in the quest of Erebor you know where he's thinking okay hobbits can move really silently so if we're sneaking in a secret door a hobbit would actually be a real asset Okay, so we'll start with that, and then it's the smell thing, right? Um, not that he won't be smellable, but that Smaug is not going to recognize the smell. He knows dwarf smell, of course, um, but he's not necessarily going to be tipped off as to what's happening if he smells Hobbit because he won't have smelled it before. And that, of course, is some you know, it, that's in the book, in, in the original book, of course, where Smaug is, um, is curious about the Hobbit smell and having never smelled it before. But again, I think it's... It's important. I, I feel like that. What 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 we're being shown in the trailer there, and the choice to 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 put that little snippet into the trailer, um, we see Gandalf revealing to the dwarves the strategy to it. You know that they that the hobbits can move silently is the line that we get there, right? Um, but with Galadriel, the question is not, you know, and the question that she seems to be asking seems to be not, um, uh, is there a reason why you would choose to take a hobbit. Do you have something in mind when you have chosen a hobbit? But rather why this Hobbit? Why this guy? Um, why have you chosen him? And that seems to be what that sort of more personal question, why Bilbo in particular? And what seems to be kind of behind that, you know, what is your relationship with Bilbo? Why does why does Bilbo matter to you? Seems to be what the question that Gandalf is answering there. Um, and that's the part of it that that Um, most interested me about Gandalf's response, that's where I feel we get, if not crystal clear insight, um, that's what at least stimulated my own curiosity to be thinking about how they're going to be handling the Bilbo-Gandalf relationship, um, which seems to be, you know, fairly, fairly, fairly... Fairly tender, sort of slightly paternal, but again, that's interesting in Gandalf's expressing the kind of weakness that he does, you know, in, in saying that he's afraid in that context. So, I just, I, 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 it's why I thought it was really, really curious, really interesting.
8: Well, I found it, the characterization of Gandalf in the trailers rather interesting because you have in the Hobbit after he has his first encounter with Bilbo and he scratches the thing on the door, Bilbo shuts the door, and then you have this image of Gandalf kind of sitting, standing there, laughing for a moment. And it's not until you get to the Fellowship of the Ring that you get this sense of Gandalf carrying a burden and feeling old. And I find the trailer, you don't you don't see Gandalf as the kind of guy who's gonna be laughing at anything. So, you know, they <laughs> seem to have really portrayed him as very somber and serious and and uh, I'm gonna miss that part of Gandalf, I think, unless maybe there's gonna be some of that in there in the Unexpected Party.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they probably will, but 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 yeah, I mean it it will be interesting to see what they emphasize and if they make some General trends. That is, if if Gandalf, in general, in this movie, is going to tend to be different, um, you know, if we're going to be see some kind of global shift in Gandalf's character because of the different context and the different time frame of the film, they could do that. I'll be interested to see if they do.
1: Man, i i, I would love to. Uh, I would love to keep to to push the conversation along, but I can't resist commenting. Um, uh, <laughs> one one thing that it's kind of interesting about this conversation is. One of the big themes of uh, *The Lord of the Rings*, especially coming out of Elrond's comments at, at his at his council, the Council of His Name, uh, is this idea that that sometimes great deeds are done by the hands of the small because the eyes of the great are elsewhere, and and I wonder if these sort of on-screen portrayals of um, of the elves, you know, Elrond, gladriel as being sort of questioning, why did, why would you choose this guy? Why are you doing this? That kind of stuff, is kind of a maybe sort of a a reasonable film adaptation of this idea that 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 you know, Gandalf Gandalf picks Bilbo to to complete this quest, and Galadriel and Elrond just don't get it and don't understand why any of that. You know, why would you pick this guy? And and this is sort of getting at this idea that that them being the great. They're they're sort of sitting so high and so lofty that they can't they can't see um, uh, they're kind of missing the trees for the forest as it were they don't see the little the small details the 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 kind of the the flows of the music of Arda you might say that that that, that might be um, uh, that Gandalf might sort of be tuned into that that suggests that Bilbo is the right guy for this job and Gandalf Gandalf occupies this weird place in the middle where he is one of the great. But he's plugged in, right? Like he's not the guy. He's he's actually almost always looking exactly where he needs to be looking to get things moving. And um, um and uh, uh, so uh, in, in, in you know, despite being kind of one of the the lofty characters, I guess. So, and yes, Sean, we are going to add you in. <laughs> I was saving you for last, Sean, because I know you're going to have something awesome.
6: Well, well Corey, thanks for things. Actually,
1: why don't you comment on this and then give us your one th- give us your one thing. Well,
6: what what I was what I was gonna say about the trailer is aside from the fact we've clearly got sexual tension between Gandalf and Gladrial and the fact that Ravagas <laughs> is abusing small animals and that Gollum is <laughs> is now moisturizing, one of the things that I noticed most about the trailer was the, was the things that we We're still not seeing, we still haven't seen eagles at all. I was really hoping to get some eagles, and we still haven't seen a big, big baddie. You know, there is no big baddie presence in the trailer. You were looking back at some of the Lord of the Rings trailers, that was a similar theme, although I remember with the Two Towers one, you had Saruman quite looming large over them. But I would like to have seen the Great Goblin in the trailer. What I was very pleased to have seen was the Stone Giants. I was pleasantly surprised to have seen Stone Giants coming in there. I absolutely loved that scene. I, I was delighted. And, of course, the, the teasing shot in the distance of Dol Guldur, which, again, is hinting at what's going on there. Is it just going to be Gandalf going in there and having a little look around, or is it, is it going to be the White Council doing their Avengers-style attacking of Dol that's what That's what's really got me excited about the trailer now. But I'm most concerned about Radagast's animal abuse. I mean, get, getting getting small getting small animals to ferry you around is not is not clever. I mean, I think I think, <laughs> I think a lot of animal rights groups will have a thing or two to say about that.
1: <laughs> so, somebody uh, somebody commented on one of my Facebook posts about this. He 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 suggested that. In torturing the small animals, that was giving Radagast the power to see the future. Because he he's, they have that voiceover from him right as he's poking the little hedgehog where he's talking about some trouble coming. And he was like, Look, Radagast is using little animals to divine the future. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, cause, because the, cause that's sound logic, isn't it? Torture hedgehogs, you no know, <laughs> <what's that happen. laughs>
0: it's It's. It, It's really capturing the spirit of Tolkien, I think, in its purest form. (laughs) (laughs) uh, At least he wasn't reading their entrails, so there's that. Um, I think we're going to
6: get that in the next trailer.
1: (laughs) 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 So, uh, Sean, out of curiosity, do you think there is any significance to the absence of... um, um, Significance to the absence of, of some of those things that you point out, like the eagles, the absence of big baddies, because there's 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 a uh, there's people out there who are suggesting that they've changed the ending to the film, and in particular that they remo- that they've pushed it up to maybe um, uh, out of the frying pan into the fire or, or that section. So do you think there's maybe significance to to some of these things that weren't present uh, in in this trailer, or do you think they're just they're just you know it was just a choice that. Uh, another another sort of comment um, that someone's made is that, that this seems to be kind of the funny trailer, and so maybe they wouldn't want to put the necromancer or Smaug or um, um, Azog or any of those characters in the funny
6: trailer. I think I actually I actually don't think there is massive significance to it. I mean, it's, it's difficult to see how Gandalf is and and the, the dwarves are going to get out of. Um, 15 birds in, in you know five herb trees without the eagles it's difficult to see how they're going to get out of that situation unless of course Radagast is going to summon more animals and torture them to get them out of fire um, as sort of firemen bunnies I'm not sure
10: um,
6: with regards to the great goblin I actually think the, the, the kind of the significance there is that they're saving him he he is he you, the audience is going to be scared during the film with the great goblin but <laughs> yes
4: yeah it, I agree with Sean on that.
0: I'm not convinced I thought that
6: was a troll, just
2: to be
4: honest.
0: It looked like a troll, I thought, Um, though I couldn't figure it didn't seem to be made of stone, so I wasn't quite sure what was the situation there.
1: um, And and who did Trish just step on there, who was commenting?
4: Oh, that was me. I was just gonna say that I think Peter Jackson is really controlling about what he releases and that's why we're not going to see some of the big bads, and if the eagles are going to be yes. super cool, he's going to save it for the movie.
1: Yeah, he's very Steve Jobsian.
0: Though, though, you know that's true. Though, there, you know, I think it's kind of interesting because the eagles, you would think, um, would be not a big reveal, right? Because we've seen the eagles. I mean, we got quite a bit of eagles in uh, in the Lord of the Rings, um, and he has released the wargs, right? We got lots of wargs in this uh, trailer. Um, which is clearly corrective, right? Because, you know, he himself has admitted that he didn't like the hyena wargs either um, from the Lord of the Rings films. And so so one could understand why he wants to show off the fact that the wargs, the wargs actually look good uh, in the Hobbit film. Um, but the Eagles... It, actually, I, I see, I, I wasn't thinking much of it because I didn't think there was much mystery about the eagles. You know, we've seen them, and we might get some more of them in some ways, but um, but visually, trailer-wise, I wouldn't have thought there would be much that would be very much different. Um, but, of course, by having them th- not there, now, of course, he's making me second-guess that. Maybe there's something really cool that he's holding back. I don't know. No, actually, I
4: forgot we have already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was going to say, I forgot we'd already seen the Eagles, so, you know, now maybe they're not worthy of the trailer.
0: Maybe. So you think he could give them away free, right? Because there's, you know, that it wouldn't be a big deal. Do- I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. could-
1: Maybe he thinks we have really short memory.
8: Yeah, I thought I could hear them.
0: Right. Yeah, we do see them in the scroll.
8: I thought I could see them in the trailer. Actually, And that scene where Gandalf's in the tree, I thought just as it moves to the next scene, there's a. I could be mistaken, but I thought there was a slight hint that there was an eagle cry there.
0: Yeah.
8: But I'd have to watch it again.
0: Well, it's certainly. I mean, every. I think invitation... I saw
3: eagles. Hmm. I thought yeah. I did see eagles in the uh, right when Gandalf's in the tree.
2: Yeah.
3: In the fire. Am I wrong? I thought there were. Was... No,
2: you're not wrong. I have an image here to prove it.
6: <laughs> actually
3: so <laughs> my, 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 my
6: point. I, th- I think the thing is that it, know, you, them, were, uh, they're in the earlier we're not the shown show. off
0: yeah sorry go ahead go ahead Sean.
6: That, that we're seeing eagles but they're not being shown off we could have had a scene sort of from behind of eagles swooping in over a a, 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 a forest on fire and you we, we wouldn't wouldn't be revealing what was going on in the scene, but you'd be getting e- eagles sort of swooping in as a bit of an action shot. But instead, it just was Gandalf hanging onto a, a tree on fire, looking a bit pathetic, thinking, oh, well, what have I got myself into here? Where's Radagast with his bunnies when you need him?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would... Uh... I would still like to, by the way, I would still like to protest officially against the, the animal torture angle on Radagast. Uh, I, I think <laughs> there, is, there is no evidence whatsoever that he is harming here, even some bunnies. It is true. It is true that he does seem to have hitched bunnies to his sled, of course, as we knew, uh, though, though they're perfectly willing for all that we know. Uh, but I, 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 I strongly object to the idea that he's doing anything unseemly to that hedgehog. Uh, this is clearly an act of kindness, whatever it is that he's doing. Uh, I, 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 but uh, I just thought I would officially register. That.
3: <laughs> Agreed.
0: Uh, well, cool so, um, Oh, wait, I
6: find oh, bunnies... the image.
0: Oh, I got the image. Okay, Go, sorry. Go ahead, Sean.
6: If I attached bunnies to a sledge and had had them ferry me around Oxford, would you would you consider that okay?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, if you didn't uh, you know, I, I don't know, that changes things. So, by the way, here's the image here. All right. Here we go. Oh. So right. I think we. Arwin and Emil,
1: where are the eagles?
0: Right here, right? Behind him? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. an eagle. There's
3: an eagle. That's just smoke. I was right. That's just smoke. It's, it's not an eagle. eagle. There is an eagle. I saw it flying.
2: Yeah. Oh, yes, it's, it's fly. <laughs> In the trailer, it's flying. Beak right here. So it's not smoke.
0: We've got beak. We've got the wings I there. so
3: right. I get extra credit. Oh. Which part of the trailer is this in? <laughs> the, the main Same part of, of the trailer?
8: trailer?
3: <laughs> no, the middle part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just opened
1: it up. I'm watching it. I'm going to see if this is. Oh, okay, yeah, that's an eagle.
0: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> No. And by the way, we have um, we have we have here the image that I put up here before. Is this is actually breaking news? This is a movie poster which was just released minutes before we started broadcasting. Um, so uh, so we can actually uh, have this here to talk about. This is a really interesting choice um, mm. for a poster. I, I mean, of course, you know, on the one hand, it's very standard and looks very much like the Lord of the Rings posters. So. Um, you know, trying to establish the connections between the Hobbit film and the Lord of the Rings films, uh, you know, for moviegoers is, is is quite manifest. That by itself might also excuse the, pro- excuse the prominence of Sting in this picture, because of course those people who have watched the Lord of the Rings films a hundred times each will of course recognize that sword as the sword that Elijah Wood was holding uh, in the Lord of the Rings films. But um, from a you know, from a thematic standpoint, thinking of The Hobbit and The Hobbit story, it's, to me, quite a remarkable choice to have sword-wielding Bilbo uh, on the poster uh, for this story. I mean, his sword is really important to him, you know, and I've talked about that at various points, how the sword is involved in different stages, you know, at these turning points that Bilbo has in the book. But, uh, but to actually show, you know, the stock image of Bilbo being the one with him carrying a sword and looking, you know, kind of like, well, I mean, it's pretty threatening. That, that's, that's like pretty, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty intimidating Bilbo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, well, this, this is like very... the sexy and dangerous Bilbo. This, yeah, it's very like, uh, it's, I don't know, it's almost like
9: very departure from what he looks like in the films where he's kind of, uh, uh, just kind of harried and wistful. And this one, he's got this intense stare and it's also, it's very much, uh, they it, it, it might've gone this way because, uh, just looking right now at the pictures of Elijah Wood, he was more, you know, scared, focused right. on the ring, a little bit intimidated. So maybe they wanted to go a different way, but yeah, he, uh, he looks like he should be on a show on the CW or something.
6: <laughs> <laughs> see, you see what I, what what I think they've done here is that I think they've realised that they've they've put out too many shots of Bilbo looking a bit of a simple Hobbit, not really wanting to get involved, and they realise they've got to beef up Bilbo's role as the main protagonist in the film and here they are saying this is Bilbo, he's a serious guy he's got this sword, he's not afraid to use it don't you mess with him really despite the fact he's a hobbit and of course the other thing that's instantly noticeable about this, this um, poster for me is the fact it is in design a carbon copy of that Elijah Wood one that was used for the Fellowship of the Ring where he was, you know, that, that famous poster with Frodo holding the ring out in front of him and I think, I think that's clearly reminiscent of that one and, and yeah definitely completely terrified yes
0: <laughs> yes yes um and I think also the background is really interesting, i mean of course, images like this that they release are so carefully constructed, i mean every detail um i i i with 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 marketing images like this, I don't think that you can look too carefully at individual details here. The sky in the background I find really fascinating. You get this dark, stormy sky in the foreground with the very clear shafts of sunlight shining down from behind. So this idea of... You know the light after the storm. Uh, you know hope in a dark uh, world with the the light falling on the the hills behind that. To be associating those kinds of images with Bilbo in this uh, in this image is I mean it's it's that even that background by itself um, and, and especially combined with his you know sword wielding dangerous expression posture uh, says says hero to me in, in a way exactly Sean as you were saying Frodo. Um, Frodo's poster said protagonist but they didn't say hero right.
3: I, yeah, I my first reaction
7: thing. to this poster was really but more as a movie also... 2 or a movie 3 poster you know I mean I, I see right. this is what Bilbo evolves into I, I'm, I'm very surprised they're actually putting this out as the movie 1 poster
5: Yeah, Yeah, I agree with you, Trish, because I was on board with the fact that in the trailers, Bilbo was completely unwilling, because he is the unwilling hero, and his transformation Mm. is the central pillar of The Hobbit. So to have him in the trailers as unwilling, I was on board with that. And here, I don't like it, because like you said, it's sort of revealing the end of the transformation. It's kind of giving away what Bilbo becomes, which is so crucial. The transformation is so crucial. And I can actually kind of see what Martin Freeman is trying to do here. To me, it seems like he's trying to have this look on his face like he's unwilling but he's gonna buck up like he's trying to do that but he doesn't pull it off for me it's just grim and it's out of character and it's it's too early it's anachronistic in terms of the progression that we should be yeah but
1: but you know think about how just a thought experiment imagine they did a poster that's like sort of bumbling bilbo baggins kind of they there looking bewildered and bewothered and whatnot (laughs) <laughs> I have a feeling that's not the kind of the not the kind of poster that would uh, that would really bring the people in, you know. Like, this is this is clearly this is clearly them um, um, pandering, pandering to the audience yeah. that's expecting the epic epic Lord of the Rings style Hobbit film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What, what, this,
0: what, is, this is an action film poster. I mean, absolutely, it is.
6: Yep. What, one thing I would say, one thing I'd say, coming back on the point about this being a movie two, or movie three poster is of course they have another character they're going to want to use a bit more for movie 2 and movie 3 and that's Thorin they're going to want to push him a lot lot more for the second and third films because once we're introduced to him in the hobbit and we see that he's you know he is the leader he's in charge he's going to want to, they're going to want to push him a bit more when it comes to movie 2 and movie 3 which may also be a reason why they're pushing pushing bilbo now as kind of a bigger bigger player
3: you know you guys notice that the uh, sword doesn't have any runes on it yes bandy in the chat pointed that out and I think he said he found out the translation was uh, uh, what spiderbane or something what was that uh, I can't remember but so he's wondering if you know after everything if they Those runes.
0: So so we're 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 in the Hobbit in like Hobbit film three. We're gonna get a scene of with Bilbo on his way home, stopping in Rivendell, and having his sword engraved, right?
3: (laughs) Personalize (laughs) your steam today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll stop by and get a tattoo also. You know, on the way home to commemorate the the return journey. yeah. You know, the other thing I was going to say, this might seem like a strange thing to say because he's the only one in the picture. He looks tall. Yeah. The, the way that the, the way that the photo cuts off here, you know, so he, I mean, he, he, he goes up out of the frame. Um, if you did not know in advance, you would never guess that the person in this, there's nothing to indicate that the person in this picture is short. So, uh, and, and and again, that, that seems to be of a piece with the things that we've been noticing how they're not emphasizing the, the small and bewethered Bilbo. Instead, they're emphasizing, um, you know, he looks like like swashbuckling bilbo that we hopefully will get in the spite with the spiders later on Flavio but uh, yeah, yeah he's i mean really i mean he does look i mean it does Sean, as you say look like the 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 elijah wood poster but this also i mean this this also looks like vigo mortensen i mean it could totally be an aragorn uh uh poster uh, from from the first film, so I mean, I agree. We're gonna get we're gonna get Thorin. Um, I mean, goodness, we'll probably get a Kiwi poster for crying out loud. Um, but uh, and I'm sure we'll get a Gandalf poster. Though I wonder who's gonna be on the poster of film for you know who who's gonna be the the poster boy of film three. Um, will they keep Thorin for Toriel. that? Doriel. Doriel, yeah, exactly. Right.
1: <laughs> the hedgehog.
0: But... <laughs> <John>. <laughs> <laughs> I would be satisfied under those
10: circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it just me, or do you guys notice it's too next to Bilbo's left ear? Uh, but the space between the sword and his face, it kind of looks exactly like the brooch that they're all wearing in Lord of the rings to hold their cloaks.
0: Yeah, I was looking at that, too. It it looks like a curl of his hair... Yeah. Um, but it's but notice how it reflects exactly the little curly cue on the sword.
10: Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's
0: like a mirror image there. Um. Which again, I to to me seems to emphasize this. You know, like this is not like this is not just the sword I happen to be carrying. You know, like this sword was made for me. Like this sword is a reflection of me. I am I am at one with this sword that I am holding up here next to my face. Um. I mean, this really looks like Bilbo the mercenary. Um, which is odd. I mean, that's a strange effect.
7: <laughs> of course, we have to but, remember one of the alternate endings to the trailer is is Balin telling him that it's actually more of a letter opener.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, which is, uh, and I, I guess I mean, it's it's it's. I, I knew from the beginning that it's too much to ask that Bilbo is going to actually hide the sword in his pants, um, which is what he does in the book, um, but. Um, uh, but, but yeah, reference to the fact that his sword is not actually a very significant sword is uh, a length. I mean, it was a knife. It's supposed to be a knife. It doesn't look like a knife. I mean, it doesn't have the hilt of a knife, really. Um, but, um, but yeah, it is actually correct that it's more of a letter opener. Um,
1: uh, one of the things that Arwen brought up uh, is the thing, whatever it is, that's breaking through the roof of, of what, what appears to be Radagast's house. Does everyone re- yes. uh, everyone remember that scene?
3: Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my first initial yeah. thought when I saw that was weeds have gone crazy, they're attacking. <laughs> but then <laughs> another one of my friends. That makes just weeds. Like, <laughs> that's what it looked like. It was like, you know, attacking weeds, like, ah, yeah, roots and <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what so, the heck? So, What's going on? Emil, would you like thing. to
2: give the case for it being a spider? Oh, well, that's mostly other people. I kind of thought the uh, the leg looked a bit wobbly, kind of not spider leg kind of leg uh, but it, from uh, it it has to be a spider. What else could it be i mean it's not
0: well, and this of course picks up like on the else. great uh the great Warner Brothers online hobbit quiz debate. Um mm-hmm. of course, you know, the famously non textual question that they were asking in their textual quiz about the Hobbit was who, what attacked Ross Goble when nothing ever attacks Ross Koble uh, anywhere in Tolkien's writings. Um, and with the correct answer spiders, I mean of course one of the one of the leading interpretations of this is that the person who made the trailer did an accidental spoiler thinking that it was in the that it was in the book when it wasn't. Um so this I know for me, this is the main thing that I think has led a lot of people to assume. Um, combined, uh, Emil, with the other thing that you were just saying, like, I mean, he's in Merkwood. How many other options do we have? It could theoretically be an orc, but an orc probably wouldn't first come through the ceiling, but might come in through the door. Um, uh, you'd think it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so certainly, I mean, it, it does seem a plausible, um, a plausible interpretation of that. But yeah, I don't see much. Um, in the way that is sort of uh physical i mean i i don't i didn 't see it i mean I looked at it pretty carefully if somebody can can send us a still of the trailer that gives a a a, a, a a pretty a pretty uh you know airtight spider case i mean i watched i i rewound that bit like five times to try to see what I could see and and it didn 't look very obviously spider like to me so Um, I'm certainly okay with the presumptive um, idea that it's a spider because it does seem likeliest but um, uh, but yeah. while we're uh... while we're fetching this image uh, Emil just sent me this one which you saw uh, come up. It is a very amusing contrast between poster Bilbo and (laughs) and other film Bilbo Um, that's a radical difference that is not so impressive a poster
2: No. Right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> and Now I'm sexy. <laughs> now I'm not. look
7: on his face is certainly better than the one we complained about on the movie scroll. Remember when he's sitting at the head of the table during the next <laughs> Oh, break? yes.
0: Yeah, well, I was actually thinking that. You know, that, that 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 could have been another option. You know, have him, like, you know, with that, like, big, dorky grin that he's got there, uh, um, which seems totally inappropriate. But... Um, Though actually, you know, it really raises the question, what what expression uh, is more inappropriate? Uh, that big grin on Bilbo's face at the head of the feasting table and bag end in the scroll, or this one, on this poster? Both of them seem very un-Bilbo. At the very least, I would suggest, you know, uh, Megan, thinking about what you were saying before, in one way this seems more appropriate, in that at least one can imagine Bilbo looking like this under certain circumstances later in the story, maybe. But um, certainly, at the unexpected party in Bag End, um, we're never gonna. I, we should not see him sitting around looking smug.
7: That's another thing. At least in the um, in the another um, one of those other alternate endings, we at least get to see Bilbo faint at the unexpected party.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
1: All right, Corey. There you go, buddy.
0: Okay. All right. That's the spiderweb picture. Okay. Oops. Didn't happen. Oh great.
1: Dang
0: it. the box. So <laughs> share it with me. Whilst, right, we're
6: getting the, whilst we're getting the picture of the spider's leg, I, I think one of the most interesting things about this is I am convinced it is a spider's leg. All right, Try it the again, question, the Keep going, for, Sean. The question for me here is why are they attacking Radagast? I mean, Radagast lives by spiders all the time. So, obviously, because he's good and they're evil, they're going to always want to attack him. But why at this particular point? And where in the story is this taking place? Is this taking place in connection with Thorin and Company, or is it independent of that? Are Thorin and Company coming towards Radagast, or is Radagast helping them in some way, and the spiders are trying to prevent that? Or is it Radagast is involved with the Dol Godur stuff, and the spiders are getting involved? Why, why, are, they, why are they getting... Is it, is it just because that they're feeling defensive of their bunny buddies, or is it because they just don't like what Radagast is up to in other matters? What what is what is their motivation here? Does anybody have any idea what that could be?
9: I actually liked your idea of the dull Golder stuff and bringing in the White Cast the White Council. It makes more sense than, oh look, there's a bunch of dwarves and hobbits. Let's go get the wizard.
0: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like like it would just be some kind of you know. Random Merkwood, you know, like the spiders have been putting up with Radagast for for a long time, and they've had it, so they're finally going to come and take him out. Uh, you know, it's Maybe like the hedgehog liberation front at night. It's, but, but, but. Yeah, it's like it's like the 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 hedgehog liberation front that's coming in. I you know I don't know, but I, I it, it certainly seems it would it would fit better if this were. Um you know, one of the first moves in the um in the whole Dol plot, basically. Um so so in this picture now, um, this thing hanging down is supposed to be the spider's leg? Yes. yes. There's okay. an
1: appendage sticking through the, the the hole in the roof.
0: I,
3: I still think we roof. see
7: something in the in the in the sunlight there that looks like maybe the top of a spider head or something?
0: This? Maybe, maybe. I mean, this looks like a this looks like a rat's tail. It doesn't. Well, I don't know. I'm telling you, I've got to say well. that the tree root tree thing root. now looks very plausible.
3: I'm telling you. Yeah, I, t- I kind of go with the tree root myself. <laughs> I get extra now. credit I think I again. Got this point. <laughs> <laughs> I <rocked laughs> this. There, there is
6: there is another possibility here, and that is that that Radagast is in the house. And Thorin, Thorin and company are there as well. Going back to the fact we never saw Bilbo in the trailer, it could be the case that they finish the film in Roskobel with Radagast and the spiders attacking Radagast and Thorin and company.
0: So Thorin and company would be brought by the Eagles to Roskobel, and then the spiders attack. Or this could perhaps—I think that's a great idea. This could be Thorne and company about to rappel down into Rettigast's house from above, (laughs) having been dropped off by eagles. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I could see that. That could work. Uh, I'm
1: a big fan of that theory because because that's what I predicted on that. Yeah, I knew that.
0: That's why you were going to be a fan of it, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so wait, no, no, no! I'm sticking to the Carrick. Even now, I stick to the. Even if they change the ending, I'm sticking to the Carrick.
6: No. Yeah. So, oh. in this
5: theory, is there no separate battle then with the dwarves and the spiders and Bilbo? Like, would that be? It would be a conglomerate of they're at Radagast, and that's the that's the spider battle, or are there two? Because the thing that I don't like about this, I don't want this to detract. From the spider battle, the central spider battle. I don't want us to see a spider attacking Radagast first, because to me that detracts from this climactic moment where Bilbo frees the dwarf, sort of thing. Like, I'm worried about that. So if they if they join those battles together, okay, maybe. But I don't want to see a hint of this spider leg coming through Radagast's house, and then because to me that will detract
0: from the well, battle. Here's my question about that, and that is, are they going to make how? How are they going to do the spiders? How sentient are the spiders going to be? Are we going to hear spiders converse? Are the spiders going to talk? I kind of doubt that. But in any case, are they going to be intelligent? Shelob was intelligent, and that's going to be the precedent that almost everybody has for giant spiders. Uh, is 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 Shelob? Now we didn't see her acting overtly brainy uh, in the in the scene in in um, in the Lord of the Rings. So you know, one could you know somebody who didn't know the book could easily have watched those films and just thought that she was some. You know, random sort of bestial monster, um, but basically, what I'm leading up to here is we could get it to if if the spiders are seen as being intelligent, if we can see them actually do you know collaborating and doing intelligent things, then we could conceivably have this as like stage one, and later on when the spiders catch them, it's like the spiders strike back in in film two and. Uh, and then, you know, so then that sets up the rescue. So we could have a sort of small skirmish between the dwarves and the spiders, and the spiders, you know, uh, uh, fleeing reluctantly. They take reluctantly it out on Radagast? The what? They take it out on Radagast? <laughs> no, no, no. See, no it, it, it's, it's, it, it, They're mad at the dwarves later because they foil their attempt to free the hedgehog, and so they're still resentful from their failed attempt. Uh,
8: yes. That's, yes. That's
0: yes. So they uh, so so that's why they come back and attack the dwarves later on. Maybe it's uh, somebody in the
1: middle earth chat room said, Oh it's Arwin. Arwin, I like the old man willow theory.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing that that made it made me think of was laugh up all you want, I'm telling you I'm gonna be right, but um, I don't know guess it uh... always makes me think of nature, and I don't know, I just thought roots
0: and you know it's true
3: Raddagas
0: it I mean, was a friend anything. of birds and beasts, but it doesn't say anything about plants,
3: <laughs> well, exactly, so you know he could really we hate just... plants and love hedgehogs, we
7: don't know you know. Corey, check out the URL I just sent you. Brianna sent that through on the question thing. It's it's a little bit of a moving um, – it's, okay. it's a short oh, cool. movie where you can see a spider leg in the window. See the spider leg in the window?
9: Well, look at the bottom left and look how it kind of reaches up from the ground.
0: Well, see, the bottom left now, like what we see behind the stained glass window could be anything, right? I mean, that could be trees. That could be – and that doesn't – that could be willow branches. We can't rule it out. Yeah, you can kind of see the body there. Yeah, the the abdomen down here. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, the motion does help.
1: If you if you ignore sort of the if you ignore the 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 potential trouble with the narrative that that having spiders attack, Ross Gobel introduces. It seems like spider is the most likely explanation, given that we know there will be spiders in the film. We know the spiders will be attacking things. We also know that some confused person made a quiz question on Facebook that asks about a spider (laughs) attack on Ross Goble. It seems like all the evidence points toward a spider. It just seems troublesome in terms of uh, narrative. like. Maybe there's a large, yeah. maybe there's a huge coordinated spider attempt to take over Mirkwood. Maybe they'll simultaneously attack Radagast, the dwarves. Maybe they'll attack the elves. Maybe the spiders <laughs> will even rebel and attack. um. Dol- Wait, is, is
0: this like the spider version of the final scene of the Godfather? Basically, you know. So this, is, this is what you're suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we're going to we're going to have like the, the the spiders trying to catch Azog in a, in a revolving door and okay, okay, yeah. Uh maybe, maybe. Um yeah, well but but I mean really that that raises, you know, one of the big questions which I think has been really openly invited by the way that they're bringing all the other stories together is that um Basically, to what extent are the spiders going to be taking orders? How independent are they, in fact, going to be? Are they going to be simply a peril that is met in Mirkwood? Are they attacking Wallace Gobel because they happen to live nearby and be evil and therefore are attacking, uh, again, assuming that they don't have a hedgehog problem, um, that that they're just, you know, because he's good and they're evil and so they're attacking? Or that they just are, are, are attacking victims that are lost in the forest, which is what we get in the book, that, you know, since the dwarves are making noise and running around helplessly in the dark, they're captured and eaten because that's what the spiders, that's what the spiders do. Are we going to get that? Or are we going to get them as actually being deployed by the necromancer? Um, because it is really... That is really plausible to imagine that Sauron, who is, you know, living there in Mirkwood, has influence over over the evil creatures that live there. Now, of course, we have plenty of reason from within the Tolkien texts to think that the spiders are going to be independent, and I don't just mean based on what we see of them in The Hobbit. I mean if we think of, you know, giant spider, of the relationships in all of Tolkien's works between the giant spiders and the bad guys, uh, Sauron and Morgoth, they never take orders. You know, Shelob doesn't take orders from Sauron. She just lives there, and Sauron takes advantage of that fact ungolian uh, Ungoliant, of course, works with uh Morgoth, but uh is 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 not exactly a good underling. Um and the descendants of of Ungoliant, that is Shelob's brothers and sisters, uh who live in the uh Arid Gorgoroth um with that you know and that Baron meets famously on his way to Doriath, again they're not they're not um deployed by Morgoth or anything. So from within the book corpus we have re- you know, we have justification to imagine that the um that the 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 spiders are not in fact operating under the orders of the necromancer but again i would think that such a change could be justified by the um the way in which the films could reconceive the way that the evil creatures work together so again we've talked before in our goblin episode we talked about that about like the the Political relationships between Dol Guldur and the goblins of the Misty Mountains. I think the same question applies to the spiders, um, and and really, to me, that question is the big one, and really influences how we, um, really influences how we look at this spider attack, either on Ross Gobel or on the dwarves.
2: Yeah,
1: interesting. Um, okay, so I I I think we're 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 definitely uh, running short on time, so I want yes. to kind of start wrapping things up, although. Although, uh, I would like to invite whichever of our panelists uh, are are available to stick around after we finish the the, the official broadcast to, to continue chatting if they're interested. Um, I might try to pin some of you down to answer some outstanding <laughs> riddles that you haven't answered yet. Um, so so. Uh, yeah, so don't um, – stay, stay on past the end of the official broadcast, and then if you need to go, we'll go ahead and say goodbye then. I'd like to just do some logistical stuff, but for those of you who are willing to stick around a little longer, maybe we'll continue chatting and recording. Um, uh and then uh but we won't we won't overlap too much with the live stream of uh of uh, that uh, cuz they're about to start um the One Ring Adventures on uh, on the Middle Earth stream so but uh p- please don't log off immediately um um analysts cuz I want to chat with you shortly so um i, I- actually we're not going to do a riddle, but I, I'm, I'm, calling it, I'm uh, making an executive decision. We are going to do an up-down uh, conundrum. Okay. Uh, and so I want to go down the list and ask everybody to give me a yes or no answer. And your question is going to be, will spiders attack Ross Goble in the first film? <laughs> so, will spiders attack – I'm not saying – and mind you – The question is not, is the thing in the image a spider? Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It kind of looks like it is. It seems to be evidence that something, maybe spiders is attacking Roscoebel. The question just in general is, will spiders attack Radagast at Roscoebel? So, okay.
0: In the first one. I was going to say, I think even the more pressing question is, is that hedgehog going to survive this encounter, whatever is happening?
8: (laughs) As I said, that's (laughs) what
0: I really care about. I mean, I... You know the house looks nice, but it's not what matters to me. Yes. Um, Okay. So, uh, arwin will
1: spiders attack Roscoe? No. All right.
3: Is that all you need?
1: (laughs) Yes, that's all I need. Emma, will spiders attack Roscoe? I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Not good enough. Not good enough. So is that a no <laughs> uh
2: no, that's a yes, but I hope they will
1: <laughs> oh, I see, so you think they will, but you'd rather they didn't exactly exactly <laughs> all right um okay hannah uh i'm
4: gonna i'm gonna go with yes
1: all right merrick no all right. Last Alliance folks, you can each give us an answer, but then we will synthesize them into one.
5: Okay, okay. I think we're agreed, aren't we? I, I think. No, we're oh, we're not. Yeah.
8: I think they're coming for acupressure. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Coming for treatment.
0: <laughs> yeah. I far prefer that interpretation to what uh, to what Radagast is doing with the hedgehog. I I, I I prefer to think that it's a purely elective procedure and entirely benign in its uh, in its intentions. So yes.
5: Oh my goodness. I think I think we'll have to. It's pretty undeniable that that's a spider well, in the trailer. I think I yeah. yeah I mean. So yeah. we're gonna say yes, but yeah. again, very reluctantly. We don't want to see this happen. It's gonna interrupt the narrative. Okay, I'm okay with it. Oh, okay. Mitch is actually okay with it, so yeah. scratch that. We're divided. We're divided. Divided we fall.
1: All right.
6: All right. But it's yes.
1: Sean, yeah. <laughs> Sh- I think I know what your
6: answer is going to be. My answer is yes. And to answer Corey's question, the hedgehog will die because Radicast will send it out to fart on his behalf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and then he will escape while the spiders are devouring the hedgehog. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow. Okay. Trish. Mm-hmm. I am
7: also reluctantly saying yes. Okay. I likewise
0: reluctantly will say yes, Corey. I will say yes, but I actually am not all that reluctant about it. I I think that um I think that, that could be fine. Um here's my here's my potential solution. Now I don't know that this is anything like um i, I, I don 't think this is anything like uh, uh, necessarily what they will do, but anyway here 's what I would do i don 't think we necessarily have a spider battle here. I think that this can just basically be used as 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 a kind of setup whether or not the dwarfs come in. But I think even if they don 't, we could get them attacking we don 't even need to get much more than this. We could get Bradaga looking up at his roof as spiders come in, and then we cut somewhere else and then meet Radagast later and hear the story of how he escaped or something or just to say, you know, he comes in and says, yeah, spiders just took out my house. Um, So that doesn't necessarily need to to, uh, detract from the dwarf and spider thing later on. I could imagine ways in which it could be used as a setup or anticipation for what's going to happen later and therefore not wreck the narrative um, as far as the film is concerned. But but yeah, I, I do think I do think it's it's likelier to be spiders than willow trees, so I'm gonna go with uh with yes. And the hedgehog will survive. Um, and,
7: and Dave Ben, our gridmaster, points out that we should put for Mark Fisher uh, a no. Since <laughs> that's a <laughs> book answer. <laughs>
1: Not in the book. Won't happen. <laughs> Wow, somebody was filling out the grid in real time while we were answering that. Okay, well, we need to get off the air because uh, they're about to broadcast the One Ring Adventures. Um, uh, but I want to go ahead and
7: – Oh, I do want – Dave, don't forget to let people know. If, oh, yes. Listeners, Facebook if you page. want to vote on these riddles and conundra that we've been on this on these episodes, go to the Riddles in the Dark Predictions Facebook page and join in the game.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, we will we will give you all the details. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna add, uh, do our usual thing of of um, of adding some extra recorded material to the end of this. So we'll give you all the details there about um, uh, where that Facebook page is, URL, all that kind of stuff. We will also give you all the details on our analysts, their web pages, Twitter accounts, Facebook pages, all that kind of stuff, where you can find them. Because we got to rush off the air, so I just want to tell all of our analysts thank you very much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't it wasn 't nearly as chaotic as it might have been, which is which is wonderful and also very sad at the same time in my opinion um, but thank you. we will definitely be doing it again, um, especially you can you should definitely slot some time in your schedule for a uh, for a panel get together after the film comes out so we, we can go through and argue about who which answers were the right ones. Um, and uh, and also we would love to – we're going to make a concerted effort over – not in the next two months necessarily, but definitely in the next – over the next year um, since we're going to keep doing this as long as there's films to be to see. Uh, we're going to make a real concerted effort to start having you guys on to the main reels and the dark shows too. So yeah. thank you very much, Analysts.
0: Yep. Yes, thanks for joining us, um, and thanks for everybody who's been watching through HobbitDay.com. We continue with the Hobbit Day celebrities. Celebrities. Well, there our celebrities. I meant festivities, but celebrities too. Uh, anyway, so continue with the celebration. Uh, thanks very much, everybody. Okay. Are we still on? Yeah, we're still on. We get... Look at, okay, I think we're just...
1: Okay, I think we're off.
0: <laughs> they just took us off now, I think.
1: All right. Good. So, um, uh, okay. So, question one, Corey, what's your schedule this afternoon?
0: Uh busy. I'm doing a Skype Q and A session with people at a bookstore in North Carolina in half an hour, and then okay. from three to three thirty, and then I'm doing <clears throat> a uh, MythGuard Q and A, which we're going to broadcast on hobbiday.com, dot com. Um, at um, yeah. That is just sort of like a general Hobbit Q and A that we'll do again through this through this interface. Did you make me uh,
1: an organizer of this? Yes, you are. Okay, good. So so basically, if you run off, we can keep
0: going. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I will have to run in like ten minutes, but I can keep going for a little bit.
1: Okay. All right. Good. And um, for our analysts, who I- are people able to maybe stick around for a little while?
4: Right, yeah. uh, I actually
1: need to run. This is Hannah. Yes. Okay, Okay. let me ask that question differently. Who needs to Who needs to? jet?
4: <laughs> I do.
9: I probably need to go, but I know I owe you some recordings. We but can, I can just stick need around for a
5: little bit. We have a huge marathon happening right now in, in honor of Hobbit Day, so in another room, 50 of our members are watching the Trilogy Extended Edition. So we can stick around for a while, but at some point we're going to have to replenish their popcorn supply. <laughs> and, and pick up a birthday cake, which is happening.
2: <laughs> ah.
0: Okay. Excellent.
1: So we're gonna le- We're gonna lose Corey in ten minutes. We're gonna lose um, yeah. Hannah. We're gonna lose Dodge. We're gonna lose the last alliance, folks. Um, everybody else, I'm. I don't really have anywhere to be, so I'm ha- I can stick around as long as people would like to keep chatting.
3: I've got until three o'clock, and then my kids wake up from nap.
1: ah, so that is in half an hour yep cool um all right, so uh awesome um what uh I, we're we're gonna be even more informal with this um what uh actually first Corey, is there any kind of logistical stuff we'd like to cover um,
0: I don't think so um. I mean, we're going to need to pretty soon. We're going to need to map out very carefully the episodes that we're still going to do between now and the end, so we can kind of forewarn people what to be thinking about. Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, we're not going to. We're we're going to want to have you if you want to register stuff before the film. We're going to have to have that in, so we can give you more advanced warnings, so you can be thinking in advance about uh, yes. some of these things. Um, so, logistically speaking, that's one thing that is going to change as we will um well be, of course we may have to interrupt our schedule for you know emergency episodes for new trailers and that kind of thing but by and large um i think there there are some things we can stick to
1: yep yep and i i i i will send out an email this afternoon to everybody kind of just reminding you of which questions you still have not answered and pointing you to where you can go and listen if you want to listen and all that kind of stuff and i would encourage folks to uh try to get their um Missing predictions in sort of um, uh, as quickly as you can. Don't don't scruple over it too long. And um, uh, and dodge if you want to just sort of catch. If you and you and Jamie want to just catch up on the predictions and not record too much audio, no worries about that. Uh, but if you want to record audio, we love having the recorded audio. Um, so uh, – and then we'll get people caught up. We'll get people on board. We have a, we have a couple of our new folks, um, Emil and Sean, that we need to get a ton of predictions from, so I'm going to harass you guys especially. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, – oh, Diddy. Sweet. Well done. All right, Emil, you're, you're the, uh, the delinquent then. Um, well uh, – uh, <laughs> Um, and then uh, – but yeah, like Corey said, I think what we're going to try to do is, is come up with a schedule for our questions uh, so we can send it out ahead of time so you guys can start thinking about them. So that way that – because way, what we want to do is we want to have everybody's predictions registered by the time the film comes out, and, uh, and that way our goal is to have people take uh, – we have somebody working on potentially like a, like a printable pamphlet of the predictions, the questions and predictions, so that people can take them to the film with them and ruin their film-going experience by obsessing over whether they got predictions right rather than enjoying the movie.
0: Yes, we are going to have a, a, a score sheet that people can take with them and not only ruin their own movie experience but also annoy everyone around them by, like, illuminating their sheet with their, you know, their, their phones and stuff in the theater. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have people kicked out of theaters across the world uh, uh, thanks to us. So It's going to be great. Yeah. That's
1: that's our uh, that 's our plan <laughs> so uh, so we'll'll we'll we 'll we'll, we'll follow up with all the details on that stuff um, very soon um, and uh and we'll we 'll just keep you posted so just keep keep your eyes peeled to your emails so um, uh, uh, so actually one thing we thought would be kind of fun to do and I want to do this really quick before people have to leave is um, tri- and this was Trish's idea. Is, and this doesn't exactly apply to everybody uh, who, like for those of you who haven't answered a lot of questions, this doesn't help you as much, but um, uh, Trish's idea was suppose we were to give you one riddle that you could go back and change your answer to, um, which one would it be? And, and then I think actually, are we actually going to let people change their answers, Trish?
7: One. One question. We're going to give them amnesty on one question. So this is an opportunity to improve your score. <laughs> yeah, and as Sharon says, I think, we should, I think we should make the movie break question not – I mean, that's, I think we should just, that should be a gimme for everybody.
0: Yeah, it's a it's – it's,
7: That's the yeah. additional movie, actually. That's the additional movie one, yeah. Yeah. Riddle 13 was, is there going to be a third movie?
1: Yeah, and I guess it could be a conundrum too. One riddle or conundrum that you get to go back and change your answer. You know the idea being that there's something that you've learned from the from the trailers or various. So uh, so anyway, and so what we'd like on the on the air now. you don't have to decide right this moment because I know there's a flood of riddles, and you probably would like to go and study them to decide which one you got wrong and should change. But just uh, if you – we'd like to hear from each of our panelists, and we'll start with the people that have to leave. So, Hannah, you can go first. Um, is there any one question that you're like, boy, this one was really tough. I, I'm, I think I probably got this one wrong. I would probably change that one. But you can, you're can, you allowed to study and decide differently uh, you know, in a couple days or whatever. So – so, uh, any one riddle that, you, that was really particularly problematic for you, uh, Hannah?
4: Um, yeah, I just, I can't remember what it was. I remember on one of them just being like, I have no idea, and I was kind of just throwing a dart. So, I just don't remember what it is, but if I go back and look at them, I will remember.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So,
4: I definitely, I definitely have one. Okay. <laughs> Does that help?
1: <laughs> yes, good enough. Um Merrick, how about I'm, you, sir?
0: I'm gonna run, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm. Oh, Corey,
1: did you have one riddle that you wanted to do really fast?
0: Oh, do I get one did... too? Yeah. Yeah, you got one too. Oh, I was assuming. Uh, I, I, I was assuming I would be. I would be frozen. Well, Um. Uh. No, I remain sublimely confident about my every prediction. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and I also, well, I will follow that by saying I, I firmly expect to, um, to finish in, in the bottom half of uh, our predictor pool. I uh, don't know if Father <laughs> anyway. Roderick's going to win. Well, man, he's tough. Of course, when you answer none of the above for every one, you know. It's <laughs> anyway, thanks, uh, thanks to everybody, thanks to uh, to all the listeners who have uh, who have joined us. It's been fun. Uh, if you can come back at four o'clock, uh, we're just going to do an open uh, sort of discussion of The Hobbit. Um, you know, people uh, want to have questions, they want things they want to discuss about The Hobbit, uh, think questions they have about my book or anything like that. We'll just do a general a general Q and A, um, sort of you know discussing and sharing Hobbit stuff at four. So. Um I will be back for that um, and on the air again in 20 minutes in North Carolina. So uh, see you guys. You guys can keep going. Bye.
1: Thanks, Corey. See you, buddy. All right. Dave, I'm um,
0: going
4: to say goodbye, too. Thanks okay. for having me. This was really great and fun. Yeah, thank you
1: for making the time to join us. I, I know you're taking a little time off, so uh, we would love to have you on an actual episode of Reels in the Dark soon. So.
4: Okay. I think you could probably talk me into it
1: good and to, and to remind the listeners <laughs> so you have um let me pull it up really fast where is my information um, so you people can find you on the web at your tumblr is hmhlit.tumblr.com or well yeah that that's you, just
4: um my literature and translation blog so don't uh-huh. feel like yep. you definitely want to check that out
1: but and your twitter account is hhharlow.
4: harlow yes and, uh, and i always encourage posting you guys awesome
1: literature stuff
4: I'm uh, I'm in charge of the website readthehobbit.com, so you can check. Oh, okay, okay,
1: good. Let's add that one on there too.
4: Any comments and suggestions are welcome.
1: Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Hannah.
4: All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yep. Bye.
1: All right, Uh, Merrick, uh, I know you have to go. Do you have a particular riddle that you found? You you or Jamie have uh, riddles that you guys found uh, really really problematic.
9: I don't think so. No, I think they're all pretty, pretty good. I mean, they all seem to be have very good choices.
1: All right, uh, you're you're confident, <laughs> like Corey.
9: Pretty confident, yeah.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Um, and uh, people can find you guys on the web at casualstrolldemordor.com. Your Twitter account is at Stroll to Mordor, You have a Facebook page. You have the Stroll to Mordor YouTube channel. The Casual Stroll to Mordor Flickr account. Uh, and then, of course, your your uh, podcast is live on Saturday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time still. Is that true?
9: No, that is correct.
1: All right, great. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, and uh, uh, thank you to you and Golden Star for, for doing the uh, prediction game with us, and we uh, look forward to having you guys on the show sometime down the road.
9: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much.
1: Yep. Thanks, man. See ya. Um, anybody else need to jet shortly? I
5: do. Uh, one of us does. One of our group. Yeah. The, the, sorry, okay. we're the last line So we would like to change actually a riddle if that's, if that's okay. Oh, one, really? One. Wow, yes. you guys
1: have one in mind already.
5: Yes. Um, okay, so the one about Gollum being sympathetic, Gollum's portrayal.
2: Uh-huh.
5: We said he would not be per- – I, I believe, okay. I'm, if I remember correctly, we said that he would be meaner. Um, but yes. based on the trailer that we just saw, he looks pretty cute and cuddly. We so revoke. so we revoke that answer and change it to be more sympathetic. We, we can't. Answer.
1: Yes. You know, actually, there's a lot of people that answered C on that uh, question. There may be a lot of people that might want to change their answer. Yep. All right, so Last Alliance, you're changing to B. He will – oh, is it A, he will be more sympathetic, or B, he's pretty much the same? Uh,
5: the same. Probably A. No, A. He looks yeah. way yeah. more cuddly. Yeah. Okay, so you think he he's like more a, sympathetic? A, yeah. yeah.
1: All right. All right. Good work. Good work. <laughs> um, Arwen, I know you have to run in about 15 minutes, so maybe I'll let you go next. Or is there any, any particular riddle that you thought was was hard and that you might have gotten wrong and that you might go back and change? You don't have to decide finally right now.
3: Uh, um, yeah I'm trying to get <laughs> this whole time I've been trying to get my netbook to just load the document <laughs> and it's just giving me the what for I'm like I can't get it to work um, so I don't I'm trying to remember um, I'm, I'm looking through the questions right now I, as far as I know I, there are none that I that I want to change Okay. Um I know some of them are pretty extreme just because I felt like oh everyone did that I'm going to do this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I believe um up to the point where both of you have answered both set, uh, all question the same set of questions I believe Arwen that you are actually now officially the book answer person. Let me let me count. The book
3: answer person? Me?
1: Yeah, A we we almost always pick A as the yeah, A is almost always the sort of true-to-the-book answer, and I believe you have now picked more of those than anybody else.
3: Really? That's shocking. <laughs> That's fine. That's funny. That's fine. I'm usually like, go PJ type of person, but I don't know. I don't know.
1: Actually, actually no. You know what? I miscounted. Mark Fisher's still ahead of you.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you're you know. you're <laughs> a
1: close second. And you have you have some you have some predictions still to make, so it could well be that you'll end up uh, catching up to him.
3: <laughs> this is true. This is true. I know I have some more. I'm looking right now at the uh, thing. So, <laughs> but yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far.
1: Good. I'm glad. Um... Next uh let's see. Well, Emil, you haven't answered any officially yet, so you so you don't need to change any. You get you essentially get the benefit of hindsight for all of them. Well, I kind um, of
2: I, I kind of looked at the questions and I can say yeah. that I uh I previously it seems
1: really pr- troublesome tr-
2: like hard. Well, I mean, I can say that I thought there would be a curse in the hobbit. But oh, obviously really? there isn't. So uh I will have wow, to see that. Oh, you were in the
1: you were in the pro purse camp, huh? Oh yes. Th- but they don't have any pockets. No, they'll be a,
6: carrying a purse. But it a a a, to- a talking purse would have just been ridiculous. This isn't the Sorting Hat from Harry Potter. This is this is the this is
1: the Hobbit. So you were you were strong. You were in the pro purse camp. Oh, nice. Oh yes,
2: yes, definitely. And I well, Sean can laugh as much as he wants. I'm still pro cars.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh <Yeah>. dearie me. <laughs> um Did I did right.
3: I say yes on that one?
1: Let's see. Will there be uh, which conundrum Because
3: we had a great debate two. about that on warriors.
1: Yes, yes. too. Arwen you said no. The the only I think yes because is... we we're t- the only yeses to that were um, Mark Fisher <laughs> and Golden Star. <laughs> well, he didn't answer yes either.
2: No, but he, I, I changed but he, my answer.
1: Uh, he was hoping – he's still hoping. He, it's a, I, I'm doing that too. There's a variety of things where I'm putting down the, the strategic <laughs> I want to win the game answer, but I'm secretly hoping the film will turn out differently. This is I I've decided this is a um, this is a, a a strategic way to 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 distract myself from fixating on changes that I don't like you know like I know I know my fiance is dreading watching this movie with me because she thinks I'm gonna sit and complain about well that's not how it is in the book that's not how it is in the book but little does she know what I'm gonna be sitting there and going and I'm gonna be sitting there and saying ah crap that 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 looks like a B, and I put a
7: one of our commenters who comments a lot, Brent Sprinkle, who comments a lot on the Mythgard site, made an observation yesterday or the day before that he's 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 got to the point with the game now where he cares more about getting getting more as many answers right as possible than what actually is going to happen in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, Sean, are there any is there a particular riddle that you found hard or that you might consider changing? No. <laughs> All right, <laughs> a lot of really good
6: people.
1: I think I—I I suspect I'm going to encourage everyone to to take a second look uh, at their answers because there's a few where I'm looking, I'm thinking, uh, I, like I'm I'm starting to wonder about my my answer about Thorin and how he'll end up in the Elven King's dungeon.
7: I'm starting to think maybe I should change that one. You only get one, Dave. You only get one. And Ben, Ben, who is our grid master, you know, Ben, I'm, I'm assuming you're still on and you need to just double check to make sure Dave's answers haven't changed a whole
10: lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let me take a screenshot so you can double check. Yeah, I better start changing them right now. Um, So one thing I would be interested to hear everybody's thoughts on, um, and uh, and we don't really necessarily have to do the one at a time panel thing anymore, is... uh, is whether people think the what people originally thought the ending was before the films were split and before the artwork on the Hobbit app was changed and before the most recent trailer, where did people think the film was going to end? And do they think it's likely that do they think it's going to be changed? That in particular, that the the sort of you know to illustrate this, I think most everyone agreed it was going to end somewhere around the barrel ride, probably along the banks of. Of um, Lake Town, and when they changed the, when they released the Hobbit app, and that, that artwork scroll was changed, removing some of the the rightmost scenes, including the barrels, um, the OneRing.net came out and said, "Well, they've spoiled it. The film's going to end at the the Eagles rescue of the the company from the the burning trees," and they sort of definitively said, "We think that's where the ending's going to be." In fact, they didn't even say it. They didn't even temper it that much. They said, "That is the ending." And I disagree. I'm not convinced they're going to move it yet. But I'm kind of curious to hear from this crowd. Um, do people think that the where did they think the ending was originally going to be, and do they think it's going to be moved now?
5: Okay, we'll and if jump it is in. moved,
1: how disastrous would that be?
5: Sorry, I've, we will jump <laughs> in with for an it. answer, and then we actually just got a text that they are out of food, so we're going to have to jet and replenish ah. our club.
1: All right. Well, but give us give we us go. your thoughts. Give us your thoughts, and then we'll say, say say goodbye to you.
5: I'm not... Well, I guess we can each go separately. Personally, I don't think that... I, I agree with you, Dave. I don't think necessarily that it has to change from the barrel ride, because now there's so much extra material that they're drawing from now that they could still have the main narrative sort of end there and be able to fill the next two movies with backstories and other battles, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, don't, I don't think... I do not think that it will end when they are rescued by the eagles. I don't think so.
10: I think, well, I did think Barrel Rise before, but now I'm thinking more about the spider battle. Oh, the spider so battle. So I don't think they'll even get kidnapped by the elves in the first movie.
8: Yeah, my, my sense is that they're going to save Mirkwood for the second movie.
5: Hmm. Interesting. interesting. That is interesting. Because so you do think see... they'll
1: end it like, the, the eagle rescue, maybe?
8: Yeah, or, or Bjorn. Yeah, but, I guess
5: that w- that could make sense because you do get the spider leg in Radagast's mm-hmm. roof so you could still have a hint of that sort of yeah. in the first film without
1: maybe that'll be the last scene an ominous yeah. spider leg punching a hole yeah, in Radagast's roof' weren't
8: sending him off on on his ponies into the woods or whatever right. that's the last do scene. you
1: have any concerns that that but our major concern with that is that that's that seems that would make for extremely packed second and third films.
8: Well, I have major concerns with them splitting it in three. I mean, there's no way they can do it that I don't have major concerns. I guess
5: <laughs> 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 Rick, Rick is a bit cynical <laughs> Throw Actually, that
8: out
1: there. Yeah, in fairness, there's really no way they could make these films where there isn't going to be a significant portion of us who have don't have major concerns.
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we're just
1: concerned about this whole endeavor in general. Yeah. <laughs>
8: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that will they will have to pack quite a bit in in the final two. But I wonder how much is going to be set up in the first one, like how much of the backstory is going to end up actually in the first one,
1: like Battle of Azanobazar. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah
8: hopefully.
5: Yeah. yeah. hopefully, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah.
8: Mm-hmm. yeah. The only question is whether where Dol Goldor is going to be. Is that going to be in the first or the second?
1: That's one of my big worries. Yeah. Um, it...
8: Yeah, yeah. Well, Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. the, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, when they drive out the necromancer. That part is No, that'll yeah. be
5: third movie, I think. You think? Yeah. Okay. Or second. The that might be the. the second. Second. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, second. That's a good yeah. point. Because then Battle of Five Armies will be the main yeah. in the third movie. That's yeah. a, No, that's a good point. That's
1: probably the best. Well, because well, the the thing good. to keep in mind okay. is, the thing to keep in mind is that they can't they can't actually do it until um, you know Gandalf doesn't leave until they get the edge of Merkwood, right. and then. By the time that they're on the mountain, Gandalf is is on his way. He's already done with that business. So there's a really tight window in which the, the, the Battle of Dol Guldur is supposed to fit. Now maybe some of the other, the Gandalf 007 spy type stuff could happen earlier. But,
8: well, you but can, yeah, you that's
1: can my my, in... my big worry is that there really doesn't seem any place where that stuff can go other than the second film. And I worry it? that if they, if they push off splitting... Merkwood
8: till then. Yeah, I can see them splitting each film into two major... Right, so the first film you have the goblins and the wargs. The second film you have the spiders and the driving out the necromancer, and then the third film you have Smaug and, and Bard and the Battle of Five Armies. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sort of six major kind of events, I guess.
5: But. And that would actually be a reason for them to expand it into three movies. Maybe they were just thinking there's such a tight window for this Dol goldor stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's just make that the thrust of the second movie. Make a whole...
8: I mean, those things happen simultaneously, right? The spiders end up driving to the Right? can happen. In the book.
10: I mean, yeah, chronologically... Yeah,
8: well, they're in the, in the woods. You know, well, Mirkwood. That's a bit of an understatement to call it the woods, I guess. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah.
5: Hmm. Anyway, we also have answers for all our other riddles. We had a question box at the at the marathon, and people have been filling them out, so I will send you an email tonight with all of our answers up to date.
1: Yay! <laughs>
2: Sorry.
1: Thanks. Sorry we've been and tardy. <laughs> it's okay, and we enjoyed the the audio content you contributed the one time, so uh, anything, anything like that you ever want to send, if you want to record something at your marathon or whatever, send it along, and we'll be happy to uh, include it.
5: Sure, that would be awesome. Hey, and if you ever want to invite us to one of the sessions, we would love that. We had the best time today, so thank you so much for including Good. us.
1: We will definitely be doing that. Um, one other thing, uh, just to toss this out there, is uh, we're – I don't know how far along we are in arranging this, Trish, but we're working on trying to make a, uh, uh, a an event where we essentially fly out to the East Coast and watch The Hobbit with Corey. So –
7: yeah, 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 we'll let you guys know, because uh, uh, Corey has announced it, you know, and he uh, he announced it a couple different places, he also announced it at the Mythgard class, so it is definitely going to happen, it's just, you know, trying to figure, because he wants to figure out other stuff too, like panel, you know, panel talks, I've said that, you know, right after the movie, we're going to have to probably convene some kind of a council to decide what the right answers are for all the riddles, you know, <laughs> definitely party time.
3: yeah. Oh yeah, I'll do it.
5: <laughs> oh, DC's my old
3: my old stomping grounds. That's where I grew up, so that would be so cool. Yeah, cool. we're
5: definitely in for that. I can't guarantee that all 60 members will come, but because <laughs> that's final exams. But I mean,
1: yes, I, I I, I'm gonna be. Come. I have final exams as well, so I'm I'm kind of sweating it. But I'm like, no, I have to go.
5: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and I have So uh, awesome keep your eyes
1: open. Uh, details about that will come from Trish soon. So, all right. Well, we'll let you guys go tend to your event. Um, and <laughs> your your website is your website is is lastallianceua.com. You have a Twitter yeah. account, Last Alliance UA. You also have a podcast that's available on iTunes now, right?
5: Right. The Last Alliance podcast. This is all you have to search.
1: Cool. Great. Well. Megan, Mitch, and Rick, thank you very much for joining us. Thank, thank you, you so much Thanks for
5: having ready. us, Dave. Looking forward to next time.
1: <laughs> yes, us too, us too. bye yeah. um, uh, So we've still got Arwen, we've still got Emil, and we still have Sean, right? Yes.
3: Yeah, and I yes. have to actually head out because uh, my kids are waking up. So.
1: Yep. Do I you want to go on the record for thoughts about moving the ending?
3: the ending sure i'll go on the record <laughs> um yeah i think it was a little too soon for the one ring to come out and say well that's it this is going to be the exact ending um i while i do agree that the barrels might not be in the first film i wouldn't say that the the you know uh, werewolves in the fire and all that would be the last of the of the uh of the first film, I, I kind of agree. I don't know who said it. Uh, someone mentioned the Orange House,
6: mm-hmm.
3: and I kind of think that would be like a good kind of resting place, like a okay, we've reached this. Now what's the next part, kind of thing. And then Markwood and Lake Town are going to be the second film, and then the you know third film is going to be I think all about the bar- the uh, Army of the Five Battle of the Five Armies. So those are my thoughts. Cool. There you go.
1: Thank you. Um, and so, and roots. Uh,
3: by the way, they're roots.
1: <laughs> you think it's
3: roots attacking the house? Roots are attacking okay. the house. <laughs> I stand <Okay>. by this. <laughs> yes. No, i just kidding. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but anyways, so, thanks um, guys for having me on. I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for and, coming. Uh, you
1: and you're here. You're here representing both. You're here representing both Middle Earth News and the, Warrior of the West, Warriors of the Westfold podcast. So, Middle Earth News That's is right. news.mymiddleearth.com. You have a Twitter account, Middle Earth News. Um, Warriors of the Westfold, uh, the, pod, the Twitter account is Westfold Warriors. And you guys are every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Every on Friday Middle night Earth at Radio, 9
3: p.m. EST. Mm-hmm. And we yep. have our, our own website now, warriorsofthewestfold.com.
1: Oh, oh good. So, Great. Very simple. And we'll make sure we include that in our that. show notes.
3: Awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you very much for coming, Arwin, and um, uh, happy Hobbit Day to you.
3: Thanks, Dave. You guys have a good Hobbit Day.
1: You too. So, um, Emil and Sean, what? Uh, any thoughts you guys care to offer about uh, the the this possibility of the ending being moved?
6: C- can I go first? Because I've got to dash off to various Optimus yes. things. Yes. Sure. I, I, yep. some, somebody was somebody was talking about how if the ending was moved, to say, um, uh, out of the frying pan into the fire, that, that would make the last two films a lot bigger, a lot heavier, more stuff. And I quickly picked up my copy of The Hobbit, and I, and I, I genuinely flipped to the midpoint, and it fell to barrels out of bond, so I, if there's two films, that's where it should end, according to the length of the book. And splitting it into three pretty much finishes the first film at out of the frying pan into the fire, and would finish the second film at On the Doorstep. So, I don't, I mean, if, if they're kind of going by the the number of pages in the book, that is pretty much where they're going. And that's actually pretty much what I thought was going to happen. They were going to finish it at the barrels. And it also is pretty much what I think they're going to do. I think they aren't going to finish at Bjorn's house. I think they're going to finish at Roscoeville. And then I think the second film is going to finish at, here we are, we're at the mountain, what the hell do we do next? And then...
1: That is that is my my main latent worry about about them pushing the ending is just that there's this parallel storyline that they that they seem quite invested in telling a lot of, including a major battle. And but and my worry is that it doesn't split evenly into thirds the way that the book does. Like if you split it like that, then almost all of that Dull Goldor storyline ends up in the second film. So and I also we also we generally we generally sort of feel like like my feeling all along looking at the like at the Harry Potter films was that their strategy was to actually split when they split the film into two to actually put two thirds of the book into the first film because they wanted to have a good forty five minute long battle with a final confrontation and I kind of expect them to do that here as well, and so I worry that i worry or I wonder you know if they really want to have a nice cinematic um, um, Huge battle of five armies, conclusive battle. If they're also um, killing Smog, if they're also first encountering Smog, seeing Smog um, attack Lake Town, then uh, then Smog gets killed. Then you do all that stuff. Then you have Battle of five armies. That's a pretty packed second film. And it also, kind of, it, it sort of like it doesn't Smog doesn't get much screen time. But then he doesn't get that much time in the book. So maybe, maybe. I'm I'm not I'm not completely pessimistic. I just have questions about it.
6: <laughs> um, well yeah, I mean I sort of agree the problem is where do you cut, I mean it's not the first and the second film is quite easy there's there's sort of several points you could go for and, and I don't think that's too much of a challenge but I think where do you cut between the second and the third film to actually not make the third film a, a worthless film by itself that's true it, each film has still, even though they're part of a trilogy each film has got to be well, I wouldn't say quite self-contained, but they've, they've got to tell their own individual story, like in the Lord of the Rings, the first film was about the Fellowship, and it ended with the conclusion of the Fellowship breaking up, the second film ended with the conclusion that Frodo and Sam were going into Mordor, and the third film finished with the conclusion of Aragorn becoming king. There's got, to, there's got to be some kind of conclusion for the second film to make it, and then for the third film to still be its own proper story. That's the, the problem is if you don't finish the fi- the second film on the doorstep, there is no point later on in the story where you think you 've got an easy break here. I mean you could argue that I mean, the next easy break I would say would be Smaug dying at which point you 're left with the third film that it's pretty much one battle and then going home again and right. i'm not sure if that's a film
1: that's a good point it is because the Battle of Five Armies. If you're a person watching the film without having read the book or reading the book for the first time, the Battle of Five Armies is a surprise. Like you don't expect that. Um, so, after Smog is killed, you kind of think, "Well, we're done." You know, like that was the major threat that everyone's been worrying about and talking about. Smog, and now he's dead. So we're done, right? And you're kind of like, "Wait, what are all these extra chapters?" I I I did wonder kind of if they killed Smog at the end of the f- second film, and there was an entire third film. If people wouldn't just not would would like not come, not realize that there's actually a whole other movie, there's more stuff to happen, and that they would just skip out because they're like, well, it's done. They killed Smog. <laughs> so that's a well, good point.
6: I mean, but but actually, what you've raised made me think of one very interesting thing: is that the whole premise of the Hobbit, so originally two films now trilogy. The whole of it, not a single thing, have they mentioned a dragon? We've had nothing at all that this story is about a dragon. We've read a lot about this is a story about dwarves going to reclaim some Trevor dwarves and a hobbit going on an adventure, but mm-hmm. nothing at all mentioning a dragon. I, 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 I actually don't. I, I think we're going to be surprised at how late the the dragon properly appears in the story. I, I, I think I think I'm going to be you know, in a sense. Disappointed how fleeting it ends up being. Interesting. Anyway, I'm going to shoot off now.
1: Yes, sir. So, um, uh, just briefly, uh, when I'm interacting with Tolkien Gateway on Twitter, is that you?
6: No, that's my that's that's Daniel Helen. I, I although I as you rightly point out, I do also I do also run Tolkien Gateway. He I ha- I have a uh, I have a young friend who does the Twitter account for me, but wow. I do do the that's-
1: but you have your own Twitter account yes, as yes. well, Sean Gunner.
6: Yes, yes, I am. I am actual Gunner. That's, yep, and the yep. Tolkien Society is at Tolkien Society, and Tolkien Gateway is at Talking Gateway. And you can get to the mm-hmm. Tolkien Gateway at www.tolkinggateway.net, you can get to the Tolkien Society at awesome. www.tolkiensociety.org, and, and you can find us all on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thank
1: you. Perfect. That's exactly what I was looking awesome. for.
6: Thank you for having me, and make sure you protect those bunnies. We will. We're, that's
1: our primary concern.
6: like <laughs> right. Bye-bye. All right, Bye-bye. let's do it
1: again, man. Happy Hobbit Day. All right, Emil, thoughts on the possibility of the ending being shifted around or where the splits would be?
2: Uh, oh, it's well, Emil. It, okay, wait. I, I, where is the stress? Well, it's, is it second syllable really, or first? I can say it in Swedish. And you can just try to um, to say it after that. So in <laughs> Swedish, it's Emil. Emil. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's better to put a French pronunciation, I think. Emil. Yes, exactly. Uh, I just need to say, and I'm very sorry, but I will have to go in in a few. That's fine, ten, man. Ten, five to ten minutes, something like that. Sure. Well, just um, no. give us some parting thoughts. Uh, yes. I think uh, probably the first movie will end, uh, well the climax of the movie, the climactic battle will be the uh, wolves or the wargs or whatever you choose to call them. And uh, then and uh, there will be uh, probably 20 minutes after that when they're on their way to Bjorn and uh interacting with the eagles and then when they've reached uh, Bjorn uh, things will kind of have slowed down to the point of where they can end that movie Uh, and to fill the first movie also I think they will will probably have a lot of backstory uh, and someone mentioned that they could be having a lot of backstory before even introducing Bilbo. And uh, I think that's uh, quite likely, actually. Um,
1: um, that's actually one thing... Did, did you yes. guys notice that in the trailer, the most recent trailer, um, we see some early shots of Bilbo kind of leading up to the unexpected party, and initially we see him when he first welcomes Keely and Feely, he's like wearing his daytime dress, and then in the next scene when he's you see him with the dwarves headbutting each other he's actually wearing his his um his smoking jacket whatever robe thing so mm. i that kind of what that what that the question that rose for me was uh uh um how how long is that unexpected party scene going to be it could be that that will be a good like on your your point of doing um sort of background and story for bilbo maybe that unexpected party scene is going to be a good 20 30 minutes well perhaps. I mean Yeah, or I, I just consider all of that stuff setting the stage. Like if you think if you guys uh Emil, have you did you did you watch the old rankin' bass cartoon?
2: Mm, I, well I did, but that was a while ago so and I <laughs> don't remember the the details of it. Yeah. Anything did you, in particular. Did
1: you guys... Yeah, if you guys watch that again, you'll know, you'll 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 see that that whole the unexpected party scene takes like 2 minutes literally like it's all like it right. starts with them singing and Gandalf is there and he introduces all the dwarves to Bilbo and then they sw- and then they scene transition into them eating dinner and then they transition to them cleaning up and next thing you know they're on the road and it's very fast and it's kind of if you want to get into the action quickly that's the way you would do it but if you want to I set the think... stage Maybe they'll do it not that fast. Maybe they'll have a, you know 20 to 30 minutes of Bilbo and, and Gandalf doing their morning greetings and things like that. What do you think, Emil?
2: Yeah, probably. And I think also uh, having a scene where Bilbo goes off on, on himself uh, after receiving the first few dwarves, I think, uh, think they'll have a scene where he goes off to change and to bring some food... And it will be a, an intimate scene where he kind of questions what he's doing and what's really happening here. So I think that's very likely. and also uh, some kind of time uh, with uh, Gandalf and where he has where he's gotten the, uh, the map from and the key and uh, that kind of things. It's mm-hmm. very likely, I think.
1: That's uh that's an interesting point 'cause it, cause the the scene where the two dwarves are headbutting each each other looks like a uh like an like an a greeting, yeah. So so it exactly. seems like those guys exactly. just showed up. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what they're doing with the editing <laughs> Um before you go, Emil, um I wanted to know if there was anything you'd like to tell us about. Like I would love to do an extended episode um where we have you on with Corey. And we just talk to you about your project and just sort of get kind of your experiences and back. Like, I would really love to do that. So, we'll have to talk about when would be a good time to do that in the near future. Um, yeah, but uh, I was wondering if you wanted to tell us, give us like a, a quick rundown about it uh, in the remaining time that you have.
2: About the, the project.
1: Yeah, and kind of like, how in the world did you end up? Um, uh, doing this, you know, you're a graduate student in chemical engineering. How did you end up deciding to do this? And and is there any chance you'll actually finish your graduate degree if you spend
2: all of your time doing this? Oh, only time will tell. <laughs> but uh, <no laughs> really. well, there is a fast version, and uh, I mean, I kind of started this a while back, many years ago, eight, probably eight years ago, and uh, it began with the the forging of the. Oh, sorry. Uh, it began with uh, with me reading the books and I had actually read them just before the movies came out so I kind of created my own mission of Middle Earth and, and then I went on to read Silmarillion. and uh, as I read it, that book which is kind of dry as you are aware and uh, I was kind of just doodling on a piece of paper and started sketching out the various relationships in the book because it's such a vast world it's very difficult to uh, get a grasp of of everything and uh, so that kind of just developed into two one by one meter papers huge papers with uh, relationships and then I I knew I wanted to share it but I didn't know how so I kind of put that project to rest and went on to do other things probably mm-hmm. to my parents' uh, delight. <laughs> but um, then when I started uh, studying chemistry uh, well as a student you will want to have something to put your thoughts away from studies and this kind of I became my project to uh, do in a spare time. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, there, w- there was one person who convinced me that the project was doable, and, and I didn't know much about programming. So that part I uh, had to learn uh, pretty much from scratch. Uh, but then it, it just kind of happened the project just kind of happened, that's the, the truth.
1: <laughs> just just and, with a crap load of work.
2: Oh yes, well I mean, uh, but I, I, I like to think that's the spirit of the project, that things just happened, and I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't know, and I did certainly not expect any of the uh, feedback to be this huge, uh, and that also kind of just happened. And, uh, so it's it's been a very interesting year, and it will probably continue to be interesting as well. Yeah, we're um, I
1: I'm I'm fascinated by it because it's a uh, it's a it's a really great sort of combination of um, I mean uh, Middle Earth Tolkien type stuff. And then also, you know, a, a particular angle on it, genealogy, which is really fun. And you're doing a lot of fun sort of statistical analysis stuff. And then also, the programming is really good. I mean, the 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 UI and the user interaction is fantastic. So it's it's sort of it's multi-dimensional in terms of being just a fantastic project. So I I'm uh, we're, we we talk about it a lot. We're very excited about it, and I love interacting with you on Twitter. So I would love to get. You know, Corey's so busy. I don't know how much time he's really had to dive into it. But I would love to get the two of you on a podcast one of these days to just sit and chat about the genealogy, because I know he'll have—he, uh, I know he's very interested, and will have a lot of interesting comments to make. Um, and uh, and uh, and maybe uh, maybe there's a possibility of collaborating somehow. So
2: um, yeah, uh, so that's something we can chat about. Um, and uh, collaborative work is kind of where I'm moving. Uh, yep. It's a bit difficult in terms of uh, facilitating collaborative work, but I'm trying to come mm-hmm. up with certain ideas, and uh, I can certainly just yep. send you a kind of mashup of the ideas I have currently, and we can just see where, yep. it, where it, uh, what turns out. Cool. But uh, I will have to get going now. Um, it Was really nice uh, being part of the panel and the discussion. And uh, yeah,
1: we were glad to have you.
2: And I'll try and, uh, my best to catch up with the riddles. These past few st- months really has been quite busy, and uh, I haven't had yes. the time to. But I'm starting yes. to catch up, and I'll probably do it tonight.
1: All right. Well, make sure you don't do it. Uh, uh, make sure you don't neglect your graduate studies. <laughs>
2: Oh, I won't. I probably won't.
1: <laughs> I, I, and I feel your pain, man. I'm now in the same situation.
2: <laughs> oh, really? Well, well yeah. All and, right. Uh, I'll talk to you. And to,
1: yeah, and to 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 review, um, uh, your website is lotrproject okay. and. Uh, and that's where all the fun stuff is. The Hobbit Day stuff is uh, LOTRProject.com slash The Hobbit. And you're pretty active on Twitter, L-O-T-R Project. You're, you're on there all the time. So uh, you're definitely nice. one of the more client uh, Twitter uh, posters. So I encourage our listeners to follow you and talk to you. That sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. Well, we'll be in touch soon. We definitely want to have you on a, uh, another episode and to do an interview where we can talk about your project.
2: Right. Yeah. Sure. Good. All right, man. Well. Thank you. Bye, bye. Happy holidays to you.
7: All right. Well, I guess it's time to wrap this thing up. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Shall I wrap it up with with the usual?
1: Yes. Take it away,
7: Trish. Thanks for listening, and Godspeed.